One and One Rewind, the story of Hong Kong. The music in this audio has been taken from bensound.com and the information and pseudonyms extracted from various sites. Young people have been the heart of pro-democracy street protest in Hong Kong. And when I say protest, I've been corrected too many times. It's not a protest, it's a movement. But call it what you want. It's the emotion of Hong Kongers striving for what is right. During my search, I read articles by The Time and BBC, and I came across thousands of stories of young people who use pseudonyms and face coverings in fear of discovery from their government. I wouldn't say the word hiding. It's one, two of a strong word to define them and in some aspect totally wrong because how do you make yourself say a young street protester is hiding from a police officer when a 17 year old Kevin marches out putting a will in his pocket to his sister and mother when a 23 year old medical student Richard had to treat someone in the front line who had succumbed to injuries in the head by tear gas and was coughing blood when everything changed for a 30 year old Fiona and her family when she chose to be a protester and her husband as a policeman. When a 20-year-old Mark doesn't tell his parents that he's been out on the street and that he has been protesting, that he would accept 10 years of imprisonment or happily die for this place. These emotions run deep and loud in the heart of Hong Kong, which has been engulfed in mass protest from 15th of March 2019 and stands strong till date. But wait a minute, let's rewind it one more time and ask us how did Hong Kong come to this? A very good friend of mine always told me, in order to know a story about someone or something, you must first know where they come from. Hong Kong. It's one of the most advanced cosmopolitan city in the world, a place where East truly meets the West. Hong Kong consists of over 260 islands and is located in the southeast coast of China. And to understand what's really happening in Hong Kong right now, you must know about the big parties, the British government and People's Republic of China. I will come to that one on one, but first it is high time we take a dive into the history of Hong Kong. Back in the 16th century, Hong Kong was a small fishing area comprised of fishermen, farmers, pearl finders, and pirates. But due to its access to the seaport, it not only drew attention from China, but all around the world. The first port to foreigners were opened on Macau for Portuguese and at Canton for the British. The Chinese administration had an overt restriction for foreign traders and that was a tipping point for the British who had a huge colonization dream. Consequently, they projected this dream, brought in illegal opium from India for trade and by 1839, China sustained 10 million of its population who used opium and 2 million of them were addicted. This caused the first opium war between the British and the Chinese. The dawn of our story starts right here, when China lost to Britain and under the Treaty of Nanking ended the first opium war, ceding the island of Hong Kong to Britain in 1842. A second opium war was fought in 1860 between Britain, the French Empire, and China, resulting in the heavy loss of the Chinese side, making the parties sign the Convention of Peking, ceding the Kowloon Peninsula and Stonecutter Islands to Britain. British territory extended up to Shamcheng River, which at the present moment is the natural border between Hong Kong and mainland China. The deal gave Britain 99-year rent-free occupation of over 200 islands 
Islands and consolidated them as Hong Kong. This deal would only expire in the midnight of June 30th, 1997. But here comes the major turn of events. In 1st of July 1997, when the 99-year-long lease was set to expire, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher and China's Primer Zhao Ziyang signed a treaty announcing Hong Kong as a special administrative region of China for next 50 years until 2047, with its own mini-constitution legal system and some democratic rights like freedom of speech and freedom of assembly under its basic law. This famously is known as one country, two system. So it comes to a point why there is one of the biggest mass protests of the history on the street of Hong Kong against China. For this, you must first understand their political system. Hong Kong cannot elect their own leaders. Rather, a chief executive is elected by a 1,200-member election committee. Right now, the chief executive of Hong Kong is Carrie Lam, the first woman to serve in this position. The underlining cause of the agitation of the people of Hong Kong didn't just start in 2019. It started well before. 2019 is just a point in time we have reached by connecting all the dots. Dot number one. 2003, when China tried to implement controversial sedition and security laws, limiting civil liberties, maximizing life sentences for anyone trying to promote separatism. One would be called a terrorist, defined by the vandalism caused during a protest. Dot number two. 2012, when Beijing tried interfering with the education system of Hong Kong by proposing a curriculum that praises Chinese communism. Dot three. In 2014, the ever-famous umbrella movement. Dot number four. 2016. Many bookkeepers anonymously disappeared, some turning up in police custody in China. But the biggest of the stain comes in April of 2019. Protests erupted in Hong Kong over a proposed bill to allow extradition. This extradition bill came into effect when Chan Tong Kai, a resident of Hong Kong, accused of murdering his pregnant girlfriend in Taiwan and allegedly carrying the body in his suitcase came back to Hong Kong. Hong Kong didn't prosecute Chen Tong Kai because the crime was committed in Taiwan, and Taiwan couldn't prosecute him either because he was already in Hong Kong and there existed no extradition law between these two countries before. So, to solve this, a new bill was introduced called the Extradition Bill that would allow suspects face trial in Hong Kong or in Taiwan, but also in China. This was a risky move, mainly because it would allow virtually anyone in Hong Kong to be picked up and detained. Almost anyone could end up in the custody of mainland China, an allegation of being a suspect, which could eventually target activists and journalists promoting legalized kidnapping and violating the One Country, Two System agreement. With mass protests, the bill was announced dead by Carrie Lam, but the protests still raised on, asking the authorities for the bill to be withdrawn. So what did the people of Hong Kong who were protesting mainly want? They wanted five of the things and none less. Protest shouldn't be labeled as riot. Amnesty for arrested protesters. Police brutality needs to be checked. Complete universal suffrage and transparency in election and withdrawal of the extradition bill. 
When the protests were escalating, Chinese President Xi Jinping stated aiming separatism that made me shiver to the bone, and here I say his statement, any attempt to divide China would end in quote-unquote, bodies smashed and bones ground to powder. But the bill was finally withdrawn on October 2019 after six months of mass protest, but the struggle still continues for Hong Kong, demanding its right of autonomous state without any interference from mainland China until 2047. So why the mass protest, the movement, the revolution of Hong Kong should worry you and why it matters to the rest of the world? The instability in Hong Kong will impact the global economy, from banking to insurance to shipping and China's currency. Because it's the world's third most important financial center, also serves as the biggest cargo ports for China. The example of young people of Hong Kong that they have set upon is a lesson to learn by you and me and the rest of the world. The tussle of Hong Kong is not purely a domestic issue, but it's a clash between two powerful ideologies of the world, communism and democracy, liberalism and authoritarian. Hong Kong is indeed a test in time. The future of Hong Kong is uncertain. Only time will tell us, but right now the biggest strength we can show is talk, share and notice. Notice them, notice Hong Kong. That's a story for you about Hong Kong here on your podcast, One on One Rewind. My name is Anusha Maharjan, and you can share this story to your social media with the hashtag NoticeTheWarThePeace. And you can also follow me on my Instagram at A-Z-U-Z-A underscore, or write to me at 11rewind at gmail.com. 11 as in E-L-E-V-E-N. So until next time, I wish more power to you and the world you live in. Peace.